All right, we've got Beck Crusher's back. We've got JJ with it's NASCAR season, JJ. It's Daytona, Daytona time. It's Daytona time from Super Bowl to Daytona. Boom, boom. That's it. You gotta Just love like it. That. Gotta back love to back. It. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's basketball, there's still basketball going on, but you know, this is the biggest race. We'll just say the the most uh, prestigious race of the season. That's how they kick it off every year. You obviously have the championship. That's for all the marbles at the end of the year. But for, you know, for tradition's sake, this is the biggest one. This is the one that everybody wants to win. This is the one. It's a crown jewel race. It's the only crown jewel race that Kyle Busch hasn't won, and there's a NASCAR champion. So is that you right? know that guy. Is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Won the Coke 600, Southern 500, and the Brickyard. I think you won the Brickyard twice, but they don't run that anymore at Indy. Who won last year in 21? The Daytona 500. Yeah. McDowell. McDowell. No, That's Michael right. McDowell. That's right. Okay. Yeah, okay. That one had a last, um, a last lap rack that was pretty phenomenal. I've it's all coming back. I remember that now watching yeah. it. Okay. Did but they push Daytona back by a week now because NFL finished a week later? Is that what they're doing? Maybe. Or maybe Probably. I made that up. Probably. I don't know. They always yeah, seem to it do it matter. around the President's Day holiday. That's a good point, too. So maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here we are. Have you ever been to the Daytona 500? No, I have not. Have but you been to it? We're going to get down there. I have not been to the event. I've been to the uh, track on multiple occasions. I've never been to the track. Actually, I drove past the track because I was visiting a buddy in Orlando. We went to Daytona nice. for the day, and then we went to the beach, and we, and we passed it. I think in 2023, we got to make it down, guys. Yes. Or for Yanni, yep. it's it's over and slightly up, I guess, because you're in Tampa, right? In Tampa area? No, no. It's, I, it's a, I'm about 45 minutes an hour north of there. Okay. Got it. All right. Well, it sounds like we got to make a trip down there. Yep. JJ. Regardless of vacation plans, how about we yeah, talk right. about the odds and what you like this weekend? I mean, like you said, it's the most popular race event it in is. the world. They started out like that. We have a long yep. season. It's what, six months long as a season? Pretty much. It'll Pretty end much. in November. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to take the place of a lot of your articles because there might not be baseball for that <sighs> six-month period. So it's all yep. it's all NASCAR. Get start. You. I started getting NASCAR during the pandemic two years ago. It was NASCAR yep. and UFC that was going on. We were having fun, man. We were having fun. Faded away a little bit last year. Had a lot of sports going on. I still watched the yeah. big races, followed your bets, obviously. I want to get back into it. No time like the present. Let's do it. Take it where yes. you may. All right. Really I'm like going to have you pump the brakes, though. I'm going to have you okay. pump the brakes. Okay. Like, look, handicapping Daytona, the Daytona 500 especially, you know, that's it's a sketchy proposition to begin with. I mean – it's a fresh season, so they're coming right out of the box. They've, they're having these warm-up races. We're recording right now during the duel, so they're setting the field, live action, maybe a little less aggressive than what you're going to see Sunday. But nonetheless, we saw guys uh, bumper drafting. They're real close to one another, um, so they are testing the limits. You saw um, a, a late pass uh, to win the first duel by Brad Keselowski. So this is really interesting to see, but the big thing in this season – is this is a brand new car and it was supposed to be this car that was going to kind of help level the playing field a little bit because, you know, all the parts for the most part were going to be stock. And so that helped re- kind of shrink the competitive edge of some of the bigger, more well-funded teams like Hendricks, like Gibbs, like Penske. Um, so we're going to see whether that does help manifest with some of these mid-tier teams being able to 
keep up with some of the bigger teams or if it's going to be business as usual and the big teams have have the speed and speed kills. So the fact that Daytona is volatile, it's super speedway racing, the best handicaps often just go right out the window and you are left with just fortune, whether your guy made it through the race or not. Half the time, that's how it comes out. So whether you're looking at top tens, win the race or whatever, but the bottom line, just like the Super Bowl, we're looking for value, whether it be props, whether it be matchups, whatever it is. That's it. One one thing I would, I guess, recommend is find a matchup where, you know, if you, you really don't want to handicap it, don't find a lot of confidence in your handicap because of the fact that this is something where, you know, some guy pushing the guy the wrong way is going to cause a 17 car pileup because that's what happens here. <laughs> it happens you don't at feel Daytona. Super confident. It's a wild ass race. What you want to do is just find a couple of guys that are on the same level. And, you know, if you want some action, you know, pay that one 10 juice and you've got, you got a side on a handicap, something like Bubba Wallace versus Eric Almarola or, um, you know, two of the, you know, like a Harvick or something like that. If you have a particular allegiance or you like a guy or whatever it is, um, you can find them probably in a matchup where they're even with somebody else. Just go ahead and do it because the handicap goes out the window. One thing you want to look at as props, I'm going to say sometime around Sunday morning, some of the sports books, including Bovada Offshore, will put up prop for under, for under or over the number of cautions. That's okay. always kind of an interesting one. You know, we think of Daytona Talladega as these very, you know, crash prone, big crash type of events. Um, but as a matter of fact, in when it comes to Daytona, at least the Daytona 500, I mean, this is a 500 mile race. They're going around this thing 200 times, two and a half mile track. Um, but the fact that you, if you can find under double digits for the caution, like under 10 and a half, um, even under nine and a half, take a look at that. It's going to be a sweat because ultimately, 10 and a half seems always, high, right? And this is it, just me, casual fan. Like, right. I feel like that these races do have. Sure, plenty of crashes, but it's always the big ones. Um, it's even called yes. the big one, right? Because you're you're just right. waiting for the big one. Under yep. ten and a half would be awesome, right? Yeah, I think in the last I'd scribbled something down. You know, I mean, really, it's it's only gone gone over, and that was with ten once in you know the last few years, whatever it may be. Okay, so we'll so, look for that. Um, is there like a certain yeah. book that you usually like playing at, and hopefully they're not going to shut you down? Bovada you does. Do yeah, it's Bovada. it's hard to tell. Like. Certain races where there's a lot of cautions, um, you're going to see that, uh, you know, kind of manifest, maybe even short tracks where, you know, somebody spinning out because it's such such a short track um, will bring out a caution. So that way it doesn't get smashed coming around. <laughs> um, so, you know, where you'd think there would be more ca- or less cautions, a shorter track, there often are more. So depending on the type, type of race as well. So if you can find that, Check that out. I mean, it's worth a really good sweat because you're always kind of waiting on the edge of your seat for it to happen. But in reality, as long of a race this is, um, there's a lot of, we'll just call dead spots through it. A lot of long green flag segments where, you know, guys are, have more or less figured out where they want to be, especially early in the race. And they're either shooting to stay in front of the race where they can kind of dictate it, you know, especially being in first or even second leading a row of your own where you have some say in what's going to happen. But getting caught in the middle of the pack is really a no-go. 
when it comes to early in the race or early in the second stage even. So you'll even see guys, some of them are pretty notorious, like a Kevin Harvick or something there, especially if they don't have a great starting position from these qualifying races, <clears throat> they're not afraid to drop to the back, just hang out right in the back and then try to make that position up over the course of the race, stay out of the junk. Because the last thing you want to do is be kind of hanging in there around the 18th place, 23rd place amongst guys that really don't have the experience of running these super speedway races. So there's a lot of long periods where nothing's really going on. That's a long way of saying, look to the under if you can get double digits. The other side of this, which is really kind of interesting, another prop, this one is offshore as I saw it uh, through Thursday. We'll see if there's something equivalent at the legal books, but you can take over under on the number of lead lap finishers. And okay. right as of going into these dual races on Thursday, the total was set at Bovada at 16 and a half, uh, shaded to shaded to the over minus 120 and then minus 110 on the under. It's a minus 115 line. So a little bit of a um, you know, a favorite position on the over. And when we think about number of lead lap finishers under, we're saying that. 16, 15, 12 guys out of the 40 man, 40 car field are going to be on the lead lap when we get to the 500th mile or with pending overtime, 503rd, whatever it may be. Right. And how often does that happen? Because I feel like well, there's always a bunch of wrecks. And I feel like some years you only have 12 guys in that lead lap. Exactly. And you have to ask, and you know, how do cars fall off the lead lap? Right. I mean, there's, there's after 500 miles, there are a lot of different ways that it can happen. The converse to that is every time there's a caution, the first driver not on the lead lap gets to move up a lap. So basically, if you're a lap down, but you're the first man a lap down, you get to rejoin the lead lap for every caution. So that kind of goes hand in hand with the fact there are fewer cautions in a super speedway race, like such as the Daytona 500, typically. But otherwise, you can be really slow. You can be one of these bottom feeder type of teams. And over time, like we said, you have these long green flag uh, runs, guys fall behind, they'll get lapped eventually. So some guys fall off because of speed. Other times there's penalties on pit road that can knock you out of, you know, being a, uh, you know, in that lead pack and maybe even drop you down a lap given the speeds that they're going around on green flags. And of so course there's you've got so many ways that like, racks. yeah. So like it yep. could be a wreck. It could be, it's actually fascinating to think about yep. that it's a two and a half mile long track, right? Two and a half miles, yeah. And that speed could come into the mix because you're you're racing for so long that yeah, some of the teams that don't, you know, have yeah, as good as other teams that they, they could fall behind. It could be on pit row also that over the course of time, yep, you're, get you're just getting lapped, penalty, man. Yeah. And you sure. gotta come back in and run through, you know, you gotta go 50 60 miles an hour when everybody else is going 190 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, so yep. that's a massive penalty. Um, but yeah, speed, when you think they're running, I think in qualifying 48 second laps, and if a car is two seconds slower, you know, and you have a, a green flag run of 25 laps, that you know, that's up. how you get down. That so some up, of those man. lower team, team tier teams fall behind rather early in a race when it's kind of quote unquote boring and there's nothing going on. Those guys will become lap traffic eventually. And then you've got the big ones. But the interesting thing was, I look back, the last five years, going back to 2017, Daytona 500, 
only one time did it go over that 16 and a half. And there were 17 cars on the lead lap back in 2020. The other four years stayed under, you know, you had a 14, 15, 10 and 11. But then you go back further than that. You go all the way to what were we looking at here? Um, Last seven Daytona 500s before that, all of them had like 20 or up to 33 cars on the lead lap. And it's like, Holy hell, Why 33. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you know, they're under 16 and a half. Key difference stage racing was introduced in 2017. Ah. So now you have these automatic breaks in the period of the race. And this, they break it stage one, stage two, and then the final is stage three. So there's automatic uh, breaks after the end of stage one, stage two. Those are two automatic cautions. Um, but I saw somebody put it on the DFS sniper after it already kind of moved on this and, and, you know, correlated this reduction in lead lap cars with the stage racing said seven of the 15 stages in the Daytona 500 um, since 2017 have had a caution in the last five laps of each stage, including four out of five in the final stage of the race. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of kind of frenzied activity to be able to get what's called stage points being the top 10 of each stage, those carry over, you know, throughout the season to see whether you make it to the playoffs, you're seeing more teams try to make position before the end of these stages. And sometimes that gets a little wacky. So you've seen a dramatic shift in, you know, having the majority of the field finish on the lead lap back in the day before stage racing. And now you're seeing a lot less. Very interesting. So you've got two things to look for there. We've got lead lap finishers. You're looking at a 16 and a half line and that gets posted usually Sunday morning. Do you it ever see up, anything Saturday before evening? the duels? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, sometimes it depends so it on the book. It could be posted yeah, again on Friday. Okay. See, you got the last couple years before this season, they weren't doing practice and qualifying. So there's really nothing that was going to adjust the starting position of the field, or there was no information not a whole lot of information you could gain through the course of the week. Now that they're going back to that, you're going to see practices on Friday, qualifying on Saturday. So there's going to be more information about stuff. So that's, that's going to affect the schedule on which the, on when the books will put out props or put out bets, take them down usually during practice qualifying and put them back up. So it's going to depend when they do that sort of thing. Very nice. Um, So we have that. Do we have any names of, Drivers that you typically avoid or their matchups that you're looking at here. Are you waiting for qualifying? So how do you usually play this in NASCAR season? So, I mean, Daytona 500 is a different animal because they run two races to figure out, you know, where you're going to start the race. And these races, like I said, are live action. So you're starting to see who's kind of managing things pretty well. And the Fords are looking really good so far in these dual races to get good position um, they seem to be kind of separating from the pack. So there's a little bit of information you could pull away. Okay. Um, Ford's looking good. Ironically, one of the matchups that I did bet is William Byron over Ryan Blaney. And, but the big reason being that William Byron was a plus 110 underdog. I think it was on DraftKings. It was a plus 105 underdog at um, offshore like Bovada. And I, the reason why I think it's a coin flip, I think that's one of those where both guys have ha- have not really had a ton of results because of incidents and things like that. Yeah. But the results that they have had have been very good. You know, both of these guys have won at Daytona. It just happened to be the 400-mile race, the last race before you get into the playoffs. And for William Byron, that actually got him into the playoffs um, two years ago. Um, and both have had a runner-up. But otherwise, you know, it's kind of been sketchy for them. 
So again, you're kind of playing the, uh, you know, flip the coin situation with both of those top, they're both in top tier organizations, fast cars, have good teammates um, to be able to rely on, which is very important, super speedway, but yet you're getting a guy at a plus money price. It's not a huge plus money price, but for a coin flip plus one of five plus one of 10 to have a little something on the race. Why not? Sounds like a good way to start off the season. So we've got that. We've got that bet. Ford's looking good right now. And there are all kinds of exotic bets, each and every, well, not exotic because it's standard for NASCAR, but you can bet on like Ford's outperforming. Yeah. Or like, yeah, there are all kinds of weird props and all that sort of thing. Um, You know, which are kind of tough. You got group bets. So pick one out of a group of four guys and you get, you know, somewhere between like plus 230 and, you know, plus yeah, three it's or something almost like, like a three way golf bet, but it's four way and things like yeah. that. Okay. But this is a different beast because the qualifying is yes. different. I mean, it's the first race of the season. So your standard yep. handicapping, which we can talk about in the weeks to come will be different than this uh, Super Bowl of NASCAR, if you will here. Yep. Okay. For sure. What time are we starting up on Sunday? 2 PM to 2 30. I think it's three Eastern, three Eastern. Yep. And for those casual fans, how long does the race usually take? Four, four and a half hours? Like three. Oh, it's that quick. Yeah. Well, this one's a 500 mile race, so it could be a little bit longer and all that. And it, this, okay, I take that back. This one, these can get closer to four, especially when things get kind of weird at the end. You know, cautions, they have these big the cautions. cautions and they yeah, got, like, right. <coughs> red flag. Then 10 the minutes race, on a red flag. Exactly. Right. Clean up oil and all that. So that sort of stuff can happen, but I'll tell you, like I said, there's a lot of green sections of this race and they're just flying through them. I mean, they're doing less than a minute a lap. I like it. Definitely check out your article articles, plural. But before we do that, Yanni, I know is going to dabble in some DFS and we're not going to hold you to this being profitable, (laughs) but how about you give us a DFS NASCAR lineup, which I didn't even know is a damn thing, but I'm really happy that it is because I'm going to start dabbling in it. Well, I, I'll it's be fun. honest. I, you know, I, I always, or I shouldn't say always, I generally get a lineup or two in um, because, it, you know, it can give you a little skin in the game, you know, because America, because yeah, America, of course, why not? Right. Um, yeah. right. So I, you know, generally what I try to do <laughs> yeah. is I, I find the guys and JJ and I were talking about this, depending upon where they're starting. Um, and, you know, certainly it's, it's no different than doing a DFS with football or basketball. I mean, you're, you're going to spend your money on a couple big names and you're going to try to find the sleepers. And I was actually going to ask JJ, you know, we all know the big name guys or we can research the big name guys. If we don't, um, are there any guys that are maybe below the radar that uh, might be some sleepers to, to take a look at that you would recommend? I mean, what do you, what's, you'll have to look at the prices for me, but somebody like Corey LaJoy. Right. Yeah. I mean, him. you know, it's, it, there's, a, there's a pretty big drop off when you go with the, you know, the, the Kyle Larson's, the Denny Hamlin's. And, you know, when you get into yep. that next group, kind of that, um, you know, maybe a little further down than a guy like Brad Kislowski, but you get into the, like, like Kurt Busch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like B tier type of guys, Eric yep. Almarola. Well, he's retiring, but you know, guys like that who are kind of yep. second fiddle to some of the bigger teams. Yeah, exactly. And those guys can provide value for sure, but it, it could be difficult. Um, you just have to look at like what their strengths are. You know, I mean, this being a super speedway race sometimes is very polarizing. So you can see guys that have the ability to, 
whether it be fate, luck, or just have the um, instincts and know how to run this type of race and survive this type of race, um, you find somebody like, I mean, and Michael McDowell was a good example, even before he won, um, you know, Daytona last year, he was always somebody who was going to get you a top 15 finish and okay. maybe even a top 10 finish. I think there was only one time where he finished outside of the top 10 um, going into that, going back to 2016. Um, so, you know, that was somebody who's pretty solid, but his cover's blown a little bit after winning the thing. But a Corey LaJoy is not bad. I mean, in the Daytona 500s, especially, you know, he's get, he's finished the race. I think 18th was the worst over the last three Daytonas. So he's somebody, Ty Dillon's in the race for a reason. He can run super speedway races quite well. He's been um, racing down in lower series, but, you know, some teams will bring him back up to race where he's well-suited. So that's another one as well. I know Ty has been, he, he was a regular racer before last season, but was really good in spots as, as being a very undervalued guy. And this is, this could be one of them. What about speaking of a Dylan, what about Austin Dillon? I, I looked and it looks like he'd had some good success at Daytona in the past. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's um, you know, he's definitely done better in the five hundreds um, for whatever reason, but you know, notoriously is a 2018 winner here. And, you know, even going into that from his beginnings, you know, was always kind of a top 10, guy or more often than not a top 10 finisher even when he was younger here so that's one who seems to have you know that type of instinct um you know fell in a little bit rougher times in recent years but that happens to the best of them and that's you know you kind of take a guy like ricky stenhouse jr who had the stigma of being a super space super speedway race kind of guy because he had won at both daytona and talladega um but you know kind of when you boil it all down you look over the last few years and it's kind of been a little bit tougher sledding for him than, you know, winning, winning at both track kind of gave him a little bit of a reputation that, you know, maybe was arguably a little bit of a flash in the pan because <laughs> it's been tough ever since he's won. So how about all of this knowledge being dropped by JJ? This is why I say that you are one of the best out there. And do I follow a lot of NASCAR guys? No, but I know that you have just a wealth of knowledge. Like you could just go off about this for hours and hours, which, which is incredible. And that's why you're extremely profitable with NASCAR. For those out there that are listening and hearing you maybe for the first time talk about this, what's your general cadence in terms of posting articles, everything like that? You, you have a couple that go up per week, right? In the yeah, NASCAR well, last year, last year I really wasn't because our buddy Paul over at you know NASCAR NASCAR Style Odds. Oh yeah, Paul. You know he was sure. doing the podcast, and so I was kind of a regular guest. So that served as that. So um, now that he is added more responsibility to his real world, because like you said, we're jobs, all kind of man. Real, real world people. Jobs here. can be the worst, man. Yeah, so I don't think he's going to be be able to do the show as regularly. So yeah, I'll fill in in the meantime. I think what I'm going to try to do this season is just because baseball will start up. I keep telling myself hey, it will start up eventually. So do I. I don't want to get overcommitted to July. You know, cranking out all kinds of stuff. Um, what I'm going to what I'm going to do is I think I'm just basically going to break down a matchup for the given race and really kind of get into it a little bit. And you know, like you said, Yoni, um, you know, what are some of the guys that maybe to key in on? on nascar uh, dfs which you know there's plenty of dudes out there um but hey you know i mean give out some some ideas of where to look it's that's something that i think yanni excels in with um you know nfl dfs because i'm not as much of a player oriented handicapper when it comes to football 
but I love playing, you know, the DraftKings, and I just go to his articles, pick out of the menu, and, uh, you know, be able to put a good team together and not have to worry about it. That would be kind of cool to get into that too. That's it. Yanni is the DFS beast, not only in NFL, but NASCAR. He just kind of puts it all together. He fits in the pieces, and I'll need to start doing that with golf a little bit. And I'm sure that you guys could take our – picks from golf and create some lineups as well, but I'm looking forward to this. I try season. to catch that when I remember that it starts on Thursday. It's so difficult, right? Because you need to be able to put it together before you're going to bed on Wednesday night. And we all know jobs definitely can get in the way and the peak of the week. I mean, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes you're just falling asleep on the couch. It's like nine o'clock at night. You're like, Oh, I didn't get those bets in. That's why it's nice though with golf and with NASCAR yeah. and with football is that you, you have one event per week. So you handicap yeah. it, you make your bets and then you can watch it unfold. It's not like baseball. That is a grind, a grind that we love, but yep. JJ, maybe it'll be for the best that we'll get the first two months of the season off. And then we'll have a four month grind that we really, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the problem, but the problem with that though, is that I like to let the first four to six weeks play out, crunch the numbers yeah. and start firing away like May 1st to 15th. This yep. year that might be like July fifteenth. So right. let's can hope that they can. Yeah, right. So yeah. let's hope that they can get it done. The latest tweet that I saw today said that both sides met for baseball and they were done after fifteen minutes. So yeah. that doesn't sound like they're trending in the right direction. But what is trending? <laughs> well, they can't go the other way. You know, that's the thing. Exactly. They can't go. <laughs> you well, you who can't knows? go below rock bottom, right? Yeah. Keep digging. So that's trending in the wrong direction. Hopefully it trends in the right direction. Trending in the right direction is NASCAR season, your articles, your bets, all that good stuff. I first started two years ago following you during the pandemic and the bets were were fire, as the kids say. It was so, fun. Yeah, that was a good year. Good year for sure. Let's get it here in 2022. As always, fellas, appreciate the time. And we'll uh, take a look at your articles. We'll take a look at those bets that open up, Sunday morning bets, and follow you at Bet Crushers, right? Got it. All right, fellas. Talk soon. See ya.